Thanks for listening to the Revival Today podcast with evangelist Adala Shuttlesworth. To stay connected, check us out on Facebook and Instagram or online at revivaltoday.com. Now, here's Evangelist Adalis. So anyway, uh, this is the, how, what number podcast are we at right now? 57? 54. Dang it. Uh, 54th podcast, and uh, I have a special guest on my 54th podcast. His name is Evangelist Samuel Sarpong. Say hi. Hi. How you doing? I'm doing great. Yourself? I'm doing great. Listen, for everybody that doesn't know, Mr. Kofi has joined our ministry and has been such an incredible help throughout the years. Um, if I began telling you all about it, we'd be here until um, the morning time. So I will just quickly wrap this into um, me advertising for his morning prayer. Which is at what time, Kofi? Um, 10 a.m. to 11 a.m., Monday to Friday. Monday to Friday. Friday yep. And so if you haven't heard, uh, Jonathan had a, um, a deposit from the Lord not long ago where he wants to establish um, a revival today. What is it called? Revival to the Global Broadcasting. Thank you. Thank you that you are on the same wavelength <laughs> with me because I'm like, no one's going to get what I'm trying to say. Revival Today Global Broadcasting. And so um, eventually we will have our own network. Yep. Amen. Very soon. And, uh, and uh, man, of God is going to be a part of that. Amen. So if you uh, want to pray in the mornings, I really advise you, do it with him. You know, sometimes we can get a little... Um, sidetracked maybe we don't know what to pray he leads you into the prayer with a a a, a, a splattering of teaching uh, from the word of god but he he'll he'll pray with you and and they pray in tongues he prays in tongues mm-hmm. so uh make it a point to make that a, a part of your routine especially anybody who's over on the uh west coast you're up early Mm-hmm. with us so you might as well just tune in so anyway <clears throat> tell them about you and uh your ministry um like you said my name is kofi and um i believe i'm i'm called as an evangelist yes you are so what do you want me to talk about? <laughs> world evangelistic oh. ministries yeah i've been by the grace of god we've been doing crusades and um we've been preaching here in america and also Doing a, I'm doing a crusade in Ghana come this um, in a few days it, next week actually. Really? Yeah. Um, in, from what days to what days? Um, I think from the ninth to the eleventh. Okay. So I'm going to the northern part of Ghana, which is Muslim. Muslim. It's all Muslim. It's about it's about ninety ninety percent Muslims, about seven percent um, people that worship idols like trees and whatnot, and about three percent Christians. Oh, I and the Protestant is probably like 0.8 percent or something like that. So the, the, even among the Christian, it's more like Catholics and mm-hmm. um, that mainline denomination. So I went. I was there last year towards the end of last year, and it was the most Muslim people I've ever seen in my life. It's like everywhere you turn, it's Muslim people wearing those full robes and and everything else. So I went there. We did a crusade, and we are going back there again. And we, I'll keep going back there because. It seems like, you know, Christianity is thriving in Africa, but usually it's always concentrated on a on a small group of people. Right. And I guess people there's that place is very poor, mm-hmm. and then um, people don't like when there is a resistance, so they just 
focus on the people that receives it but you know they god loves muslims too so Amen. they also need to hear the gospel so that's what we are when were you saved i got saved in 2011 I 2011 think. that's it yeah I thought you were going to say when I was 11. No, no. I gave my life to the Lord. And I, ne- I, was, I didn't grow up in a Christian family. I didn't grow up in a Christian okay, family. Okay, so start there then. Tell me how your upbringing was. When, you, when did you move to the States? I moved to the States in 2006. Okay. So well, I, how old were you then? <laughs> I, I got to Do the math. Thing. How Do old are you now? I am 32 now. 32. Is it? So what was it? I think so. 30, you were, I don't know. Yeah. Whatever, it doesn't matter. 2000, yeah. 2006, you moved from Ghana to? I moved from Ghana to the United States. Okay. I lived um, in New York, and I was going to school. I was living in the city and going to school upstate New York. And in 2009, I believe, 2009, 2010, towards the, the beginning of the year, I moved from New York to Worcester. Mm-hmm. And I was in Worcester. For the whole, almost the whole of 2010 and 2011, around March, I had an encounter with God, and I gave my life to the Lord. And it's just been, by yourself. Yeah, I was in my sister's living room. It's very strange. I don't like talking about it because usually a lot of people don't understand. Yeah. Because it's, it was to me, it was it was it was an appointed time. It was a, it was a very strange encounter. I was I watched a video actually. I watched a video on Facebook which talked about heaven and hell, and all of a sudden. I had the fear of eternity like just come upon me, and it hmm. felt like the earth was opening up. So when I came back to my senses, I was holding on to the because I was sleeping in the couch. I was I moved in with my sister who had a, was living in the one bedroom with her husband and her daughter, mm-hmm. and I moved in. So I was sleeping in the couch. My bag was right behind the couch. So when I saw that video, like when I came back to my senses, I was grabbing. I had like the couch in my in my hands, mm-hmm. like screaming and crying, please don't send me the help, please don't send me the help, please don't send me the help. And I started, I, I know I, I found myself kneeling down, praying and crying and begging God not to send me the help, please don't send me the help, don't send me the help. So I saw, I didn't know what to do at that time. I couldn't go out from the house. I just stayed home and prayed, couldn't eat, couldn't do anything. So it happened for like a very long period of time. I would go to work, and when I come back from work, I would just stay home. And days that I wasn't working, mm-hmm. I would not leave the house. So it happened. I did that for like a while. And it's changed my life forever. And so that's how I encountered God. And that happened in March. And in May, so I started going to church. Actually, I started going to church and being very active in church. And the church that I was going to in May, there was a, there was was they were doing a revival service. And one of the nights, I think it was May 5th, actually, the minister gave an altar call, and I responded to the altar call. But so that was when I publicly like responded to the altar call. But I had already given to my life to the Lord through that encounter. What I always left out, what I always left out, and I'm going to share that today is after that encounter. After I had that encounter of me going to hell and asked God into my heart. When I went to bed that night, I had a dream. I was standing in front of three men, and I was kneeling down. And the one in the middle put his hands on me and said, I'm calling you, I'm separating you for, 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 for the work of God. So at that very moment, I knew I was called into ministry. Hmm. But the church that I was going to, you know, it was, it helped me in my beginning stage. But that was, you know, that was, it. There, was there was no one I could really talk to. So I asked, and I didn't have any friends that were going to church because I didn't have any church background. I didn't have any Christian background. Yeah. And, um. One of my cousin's husband 
who was an elder in the church, I sent him a message on Facebook. I was like, hey, can you give me a Bible? Because I didn't have anyone to turn to. So he actually told me, oh, I'm home. I go to work every day, but I'm home on Wednesday. Come to my house. So I went to his house that Wednesday, and he asked me what was going on. I told him everything that I told you now. And when I went there, he had already bought me a Bible with my name on it. Wow. So he told me a few things that helped me. He was like, listen, now that you have given your life to the Lord, let me tell you this. The devil is going to come after you to try to pull you back. And, you know, so he told me good things that helped me. And I started going to the church that he was going to. And, you know, they started right from the onset. They put me into, like, leadership positions. They had me, like, I got saved in March. On May, they had me preach at a youth conference. Oh, my gosh. In in, um, Washington, in Maryland. I remember the first message. So they knew. You know, so they knew, yeah. So... So then I, I, I didn't have, all my friends were like people that were still going to the club and whatnot, and I was still hang out with them. Yeah. But it got to a point where I couldn't, like I didn't want to. So I, and I needed um, people to be able to walk with. Because the Bible says that they that walk with the wise shall be wise. And then um, iron sharpens irons. So I knew that I needed people to walk with. So I called, I started praying, I started asking God for friends, and um, somebody introduced me to like a prayer line. And then the discussion and whatnot, I would, I guess I would give my inputs. And there was another guy on there that really liked what I was saying. So he asked the person that put me on the line if we could meet. So we met and we became friends. And we started doing prayer meetings and Bible studies in my house. We started doing that in Worcester. And every day we would have about, almost about 20 people (laughs) there at my house. Until I left, I left to go to Bible school when I found out. I was looking for Bible school to go to. I found Zion online, and it was the closest to me. So we applied, and I went there, and that's how everything started. So you said your family d- didn't serve the Lord. What was that like growing up? When I growing up, my uncle raised me. Okay, and I don't know if I've told in you Ghana. Before. In Ghana, my uncle raised me. Um, what he, was your mom and your dad? My, you know, my dad. My dad had like multiple affairs, yep. so he was, you know, he had about. We are still counting. We are still, even after his death, we are still discovering how many kids he has. <laughs> the last time I know, he has we about 16 of them. Come so on. Serious? I'm serious. Wow. Are, there, there are some of my siblings I've never met before. Never. Don't even know their names. Never met before. Oh, my word. That's why I decided to marry a Nigerian because if I marry a Ghanaian, I might marry my sister. <laughs> you never know. <laughs> you just don't know. So, so I never like lived with my dad. I met my dad. Probably the longest I spent time with my dad was when I was in high school. Uh-huh. The school that I went to, he was the accountant in that school. So that was when that, that's the only time I actually had encounters with him. Yeah. Interactions with him. Other than that. Was he warm? He was, you know, he, he, I was his first son. Oh, okay. So he like, and I looked just like him. Yeah. So, and he would, and you know, the, the strange thing is that my uncle was very, very rich. Yeah. Very wealthy. So, um, Growing up, I had everything. Uh-huh. I would come travel to America for like vacations and whatnot. So he was like, always tell people about, oh, my son that goes overseas. <laughs> you know, even though he had, he had no contribution. <laughs> right. To my life. So, like, even at a school, he would introduce me to everybody. And I went to one of the top high schools in the country where, like, you need like very high. Patrick and I always talk about we need you need like very high grade. Mm-hmm. In Ghana, educate um, the high school is like the formative years of your schooling right so people hold very dear to the high schools they go to even more than colleges really so it's very difficult to get into a a, a good high school than to get into a college 
It's very, I know it's okay, very different. Okay, yeah, that is. Yeah, so I went to like one of the best high schools by the grace of God. Yeah. So, you know, and then every parent, if your son goes to a school like that, you brag about them. My For son sure. Goes to school. Right. So he would like, you know, introduce me to people. And then he would, even at that young age, he would give me his car to drive around. Come on. <laughs> so he, he was, was a proud papa. Yeah, so he was like very, very nice to me when I was in school. But my uncle, he was a businessman. He like, didn't really didn't have time to go to church because he would be in a crowd where we lived doing the weekdays on the weekends. He would travel to like a different city to check on some of like his businesses. Yeah. So, but when he was home, he would like be resting. So sometimes he would drop off us at church, mm-hmm. but he himself would not go to church. Right. And when he dropped off us at church, I would watch his car moved and I would just take off and go walk so around. So you wouldn't go? I wouldn't go inside. I would just go walk around. And then when service is over, I'll come and stand outside with everybody else. And he'll pick me up. I didn't like church. When I was in high school, the school that I went to, it was a Presbyterian school. Mm-hmm. So services were mandatory. We had three services, no, two services, on su- mandatory services on Sunday. Sunday morning service and evening service. Every student was required to be there. We had um, dorm- t- dormitory uh, meetings on Wednesdays. Every student was supposed to be there. You have, you have to be part of groups like denominations. And I was raised a Presbyterian because mm-hmm. my, my grandmother went to, was a Presbyterian. So I was part of the Presbyterian Student Union. And you had to go to their meetings on Fridays. But guess what? I never went to any of the meetings. <laughs> I, would, I would skip all the meetings. and they, they had roll call, and I would miss roll call and get strokes on my back. Really? I would rather get bean on my back than to go to church. So that's how bad it was. So oh I never like had, I never like went to church. So, but there's now I've realized that I always knew that there was a calling of, cause when I was young, I would have dreams. I remember one time I had a dream. I had a dream. I was very young and I remember this very vividly. I had a dream. I was casting the demon from somebody who was a witch. In my dreams, I was very young. I woke up like shaking yeah. cause I was praying for the person. It was like the person was like on fire as I was praying. When I, I said this the other day when we were on the broadcast, when I, every time we were in like in junior high and primary school and I would go after a girl and the girl would not warn me, mm-hmm. I would pick up a Bible and I start telling people, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. <laughs> Even in New York, when I had a broke, when I was in college in New York and a girl broke my heart, I would pick up a Bible and go like, be repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. So I used to, I had that consciousness oh, in me right. and I... But I never knew it was the call of God. It was just like something that I thought I was doing it because my heart was broken. But right, right. When I had that encounter with um, with the Lord in 2000, March 2011 in Worcester on 26th Vernon Street, I started going to church and, you know, I started pursuing after God as hard as I could. I started praying as hard as I could. If you ask anybody that I went to school with in, in Bible school, one thing that they could tell you, two things they would tell you about me, is that I was always praying. Mm-hmm. And the th- second one, I had my way in everything that I do. <laughs> <laughs> no they, shock there. They might not tell you that I was smart. They might not tell you that I got good grades. <laughs> they might not tell you that I, I, I went to all the classes and went to chapel. But they will tell you that I always prayed and I always had my way. Well, that's no good. Nobody was so. Dominion. <laughs> so you, you made your way over from Ghana to mm-hmm. Brooklyn. <clears throat> you the lived, Bronx. Or, the Bronx. Mm-hmm. Brooklyn. I don't even know where I got Brooklyn. Um, and then uh, you you lived with your uncle. Where's your mom? My mom is in Ghana. Okay. She's from. Um, so uh, you just chose to live with your uncle because he could my, facilitate you. My um, 
my mom is in the village. Mm-hmm. She's like the queen of our like our tribe, not our tribe, like our clan. Right. So she, you know, she's there. She's like the leader of the family and whatnot. But what happened was my uncle moved from the United States. He was in New York, started a business, and the business was thriving. He moved to Ghana, and in ninety, if I could remember right, probably like in ninety six, his all his kids were here. They were all born here. Mm-hmm. But he brought his five year old son to live with him. And, you know, it was just him and his son. So he, he needed somebody to, like, play with the boy. Okay. And I was, we were around the same age. Yeah. So he came to pick me up from the village. So I'm a village boy. Right. You know? So he picked me up from the village. Get out of here. I didn't know that. <laughs> and I lived with him in the city with, with his son, my cousin Derek, who's in New York now. So Derek is, was always a good boy. I was always, yeah. like, the bad one. <laughs> <laughs> And then, and then, when you came to New York, mm-hmm. you did not know the Lord. When I came, to like house, there was no even was church because you obviously never went, so there wasn't any any kind of church background. Let me, let me tell you how far I was from the Lord. I went to a church because there was a pastor when we were in school. There was upstate New York. I I was going to school in Utica, and there wasn't that many Ghanaians there. But there was one pastor who was Ghanaian, who was from the Lutheran church, and he invited us to church one time. I was wearing a hat, and they told me to take off my hat. I walked out. Of the church, I was I was doing drugs. I was selling drugs. I was doing scam. What? Yeah, you know, you wouldn't believe it now. But no. I was a I was a party promoter. There was a group called High Class Entertainment. Okay, that I that I knew. Yeah, so I was there was a group called High Class Entertainment. Did you ever get arrested? No, no, but very close. Did you ever to. get in trouble, like um, physically, altercation? Like I I did actually. I you know I got into a lot of fights. I got into a fight where I ended up in the hospital before. What? Yeah, I got jumped by eight guys out of my own party one time. So the yeah. hand of the Lord was on you. Yeah, you know, the hand of God was upon me. I I I couldn't like look at light for a very long time. Come on. <laughs> I couldn't look at I'm light. I'm literally for... <laughs> shocked. I promise you. I thought I knew that like, you know, you had an encounter, mm-hmm. but I thought it was much younger. Like I no. didn't think it was just 2011. It was 2011. What is that? Uh, six years ago? Seven years ago? Um, about eight years eight ago. Eight years now. ago. Mm-hmm. Eight years ago. And look how God has, has transformed your yeah, life. He's done I it. mean, he's done a very fast he's done work. It. I wish it would be faster, but it's good. <laughs> I mean, geez. That's amazing. It is amazing. So you got jumped. You got hospitalized. Yep. And then what, what, what was like, okay, so you had that encounter, mm-hmm. but was there just already like a stirring when all these things are happening to you? What are you like, are you sensing? I need to pull back. I need to like go and, and seek God. See, um, when I was in New York, we used to like, I, we were supposed to be going to college and we did all manner of <clears throat> all stupid things. And some of them I can't even talk on. I can't even say it in public. Because right. of how embarrassing it is, but we did a lot of crazy, crazy things, and then it got to a point, you know, like you get to a point where you do so many things and you can't even fit. The world is big, but you can't even fit in the world. Hmm. It's like the world, New York became so close to like so so small for me. So I had to like get out of New, New York. New York, New York. Yeah, you know, New York became so small. I had to get out of New York, and I came to Massachusetts. Because I wanted to get out of that lifestyle, mm-hmm. and I wanted to have a fresh start. But when I came into Massachusetts, a lot of people knew me. I don't know how they knew me, but they knew who I was. So I was offered with a lot of things. You know, the somebody, same. You know, people wanted to like just be my friends because they knew we were scammers in New York. So they knew that if they need something, I would be. I know, at least I know people that 
I could get from, I, I didn't want to smoke anymore. Somebody would call me, just pick me up and just light me up, smoke me for like for free so that I would, you know, hook them up with like laptops and like, you know, connect whatever connections we could get, um, I could get them. So, and then people would ask me, hey, can you throw a party for my girlfriend that, you know, because they knew we knew how to like promote a party. So can you throw me a party and whatnot? So, and I started, I I even though I left New York to move out of all those lifestyles to be able to go back to school and, and focus on what I, I wanted to do, I gradually found myself going back. And I remember I was on Holy Cross campus one day looking for people, like looking at a guy, because a guy approached me if I could give him drugs so that he could sell for me. So we one day we talked about it. I told him how many drugs, how much I was going to be able to give it to him. But when I left there, I just didn't feel, pe- I just didn't feel to do it. So I never contacted him again. But to say if I had a conviction, I, you know, it's, I knew that things, you know, I, I, it, it never got to a point. It was never to the point that I wanted to like, oh, live a better life in some way, like give my life to the Lord. No, it was that I wanted to make so much. I wanted to do like make something with my life, not just keep on doing all those crazy things. So if I thought about living, like doing something positive with my life, yes, but it was, I never thought it would be like in serving that vein, the Lord right, or, right. or anything like that. Yep. <clears throat> well, I just find that very interesting because for every person that's listening and watching, I don't know who's watching because we still don't have the comments up, but it's interesting that you can move Mm-hmm. From however many miles away, from mm-hmm. Ghana to uh, the Bronx mm-hmm. to Massachusetts, they're not close together. They're okay, you, you got a, a good four-hour drive in between them. Yep, that's true. And uh, you can still have that same spirit follow a- you attract everywhere. you and follow you, and people will come out of the woodworks to to get you to pull. That's so demonic. And it was like, cause I've I've gone to a place like I'll go to the barbershop and somebody would call my name. And I don't know who they are. Stop. And they were asking me, hey, can you give me this? Can you give me that? Like what? So I remember one time I was, you know, I was, I, I did start, I started doing all those things, but it didn't, I didn't do it for long. And right. I didn't do it as much as we're doing here because I wanted to like get out. Mm-hmm. I really wanted to, to, so I, I started off by destroying all my contacts like messing them up so that they wouldn't trust me anymore. Right, right. So that's what I, I started like doing. And I, I did that. So it got to a point where I didn't have. So if you like came to me, all the people that I knew who hooked me up, didn't want to do Right, it's like he's a saboteur. (laughs) He's going to sabotage. He stinks. (laughs) Well, how about, uh, when did you like, when, when you felt the call of God after that dream, Mm -hmm. did you know it was going to be like preaching? Like when did you hone in on the, the call and and what did you think about it? The moment when I felt like me, you know, when I had that encounter, I knew that I was called into ministry. I knew I was called into evangelism. Okay. I didn't How know. How did you know that? I, I, it was you just, just a knowing. It, it was okay. just a knowing in my heart. Then the funny thing, I don't know if you've heard me talk about Dr. Abofe. There was this man of God who is like very powerful in Ghana. He came to Worcester to the church that I was at doing the program. The program, okay, so that he was staying with a, with a family member. And my friend was dating one of the girls from that family. So when the family was out on vacation and they told the girl that, hey, Dr. Abofe is going to stay at our house. So make sure you put air condition in the bedroom and clean up the house. So we were like, it was like one of my closest friends, the doctor that I called about the marrow the other day, yeah. him and his girlfriend. So the three of us were always together. We're like close friends. So we go to the house and clean and set up. So they came in, I think Sunday night. And when they came in, we were at the house. 
And man, that man, very quiet, very tall. He didn't say a word to anyone. He came in, went straight upstairs. I was like, man, who, who do this man think he is? <laughs> so on Monday, we came back to the house. Cause I didn't have a job. I didn't have anything. Right. We came back to the house. And we're sitting down. He came back from downstairs, looked at us, grabbed like banana, went back to his room. So the lady that he was staying with came to us and said, he said, Papa said you guys should wait for him. So he came and sat with us. And he said, when I came on Sunday, I asked the Lord, why are these young men here waiting for me? And the Lord said, spend time with them and see. So he said, that is what I'm doing. I'm spending time with you. So he spent time with us. And then, you know, he didn't say much, but he gave us like a few scriptures and whatnot. And then on the program started on Tuesday. On Tuesday, when he was ministering, he stopped because I was one of the ushers. He stopped and looked at me and said, Lou, be very careful. Be very careful. God is calling you into a ministry. Your ministry, it's too big. <gasps> it's too big. Be very careful. Be very careful how you live your life. He told me that. He anointed me on Wednesday. He anointed me every single day. I was the only person that was anointed every single day of the week. You were and the I, only one? I was the only one. I'm telling you, this man of God, you know, I could show you videos with him raising the dead. Yeah. You know, like he's not, you know, so very, very, he told me every single day. He anointed me every single day. And he told me, and I knew, you know, I knew that I was called, but you know, he told me, you know, God, he told me a lot of things. And then when I went to Bible school, we had a prayer meeting. And one thing that he, one day, I forgot what he told me, but something that he told me, one guy was part of the prayer meeting. He said the same exact thing with the same exact words in the same order, that this is what the Lord is going to do in your life, da, 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 da. So, and I had confirmation with me. I was so, that's why when people said, I don't know what God is calling me to do. It's very, I had confirmation after and after yeah, and yeah. after and after. Yeah, I think. Yeah. So I had so many confirmations with what God was calling me to do. Were you, you know? asking for confirmation or is I that did. something? Okay. I, to, um, to some extent. Yeah. Because in the beginning I wasn't. But you know, like people, that's why the other day I said that you, people know what to do, but it's just that they, they have having, they're having a hard time accepting exactly. what they feel in the spirit. I always knew that God was calling me to do this and do that, do that. But it was like very hard for, for me to accept it. Just like Gideon, I wanted God to like do something, like something strange. Mm. You know, I haven't heard the voice of God many, um, that much, that many times. But I've heard the voice of God at least, at least about three times in my life. Mm -hmm. One time I was sitting in the living room, my sister's living room. Because at that time I was living by myself. I, was, I would go and visit my nieces and nephews and I was tired because I work at Walmart. tired sitting in the living room praying. And then I heard a voice, preach my word to my people. I got up, like, like Samuel's encounter, I got up and went to my sister. Like it was, I heard my name being called. Mm -hmm. I got up, I was like, like my heart was beating. I was like, what the heck? <laughs> then I was like, preach my word to my people. Then I went and I was like, ah, I want to ask my sister. And I went and she was like, are you talking to me? So she said, no. Then I went back and sat down. That was the first time I heard the audible voice of God. The second time I heard the audible voice of God was, be careful whom you choose as a wife. For many women will come your way, but I would let you know when, it, when the right person comes. And yes, many women came my way. Yeah. You know, so that those, and, and um, what was the third time? I'm trying to remember the third time, but at least those two times I heard. So I knew that God called me to be a preacher of his word and to be able to make the word of God very simple and very, you know, like make so that people can understand and know who they are in Christ. But the thing is that 
Sometimes you think that God will call you to do something and it automatically would happen. Yes. I read, I open the word of God and I don't even like know what the heck. Yep. I begin to preach and I don't even know what the heck I'm preaching about. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Because you think God has called you to preach. So it's gonna, everything is going to be automatic. You can just open the Bible and begin right, to preach. Right, right. But everything takes time and persistent, continuing to study the word of God. And when the more you, because the more you understand, the easier you can articulate mm-hmm. or the easier you could um teach others so i found out so you know so in the beginning i hated preaching i hated preaching because i myself I, you know like i i had a hard time even like memorizing scriptures yeah like i couldn't i remember one time i was in new jersey right i was i was sleeping and i had it because we were at a retreat been praying throughout the night i was sleeping and i had a dream that the guy that was supposed to minister in the morning couldn't come Come on. So he was. He called me and said, "If I could fill out for him, fill in for him." And the moment, like the dream ended, somebody was waking me up and said, "Hey, Briar, I couldn't come. Can you go? They are calling you to come and do it." I was standing there ministry and I forgot everything that I was. <laughs> yeah, I was like, then you have to like, what the heck? So it is. It's it's been like a long journey. It's been. A, but the thing is, you don't give up. Right. You, know, you just believe that God has called you. And the Bible says that for he who has begun a good work in you was able to complete it. Complete it, you know. <laughs> so then you pursued Bible school. Mm-hmm. And then what happens during Bible school where... All right. Yeah. When I went to Bible school, my first year, and I believe I was there, my first year, actually my second semester, um, I, I knew Brother Tiff because he was board of the um, directors of the mm-hmm. school. Mm-hmm. So he would come to the school. And the funny, this is how I knew about Brother Tiff, actually. I heard that there was a billionaire who bought a school for the camp, who bought a school for the campus, Dan Green, the owner of Hobby Lobby. Yeah. And one of the times they were having board of directors meeting, they said, they said Hobby Lobby was coming. But it's funny. But when I looked at all the board of directors that came, none of them looked like a billionaire. <laughs> and Brother Tiff walked in and he looked like a billionaire. He does. He does. He certainly so does. So I was like, is that David? That's him. That's the owner of Hobby Lobby. Speak that for us. So I kept like looking. He was sitting in the back. I kept looking because his shoes and everything. Immaculate. You know, like I was kept looking at him. I kept looking at him. I was like, he might be <laughs> Dan Green. So in my head, I knew who Dan Green no- looks like. Well, I didn't know Dan Green was much older, brother. Safe, no offense. You're not as old. I just didn't know how he looked. You but just I, look like a wealthy man. He looked like a wealthy yeah, man. Yeah. So I asked somebody, is that Dan Green? I was like, no, no, no. That's Tiff Shuttlesworth. I was like, who the heck is Tim Shuttlesworth? <laughs> so they told. So I, you know, that was how I heard about his name. Yeah. I didn't know anything about him. I didn't know, you know, who he was. So TJ had come to the school and oh, TJ went to school with you. TJ That's went right. to school with me. So then TJ was like, "Oh, Tiff's son is having a, a revival service at the church that you grew up in, um, uh, CIC." Yeah. Tiff's son is having a revival you service. You went to CIC. That's where I met Jonathan. Oh, I didn't know that. I thought yeah. it was Fitchburg. No. Okay. The second time was Fitchburg. The first time was like Tiffson was having a revival at CIC, man. A blind somebody who was blind saw and you know, like miracles were happening. I've been in school for like almost a year, I haven't been to any revival service. Yeah. So I was like, I'll go. He told me Wednesday afternoon. The last service was Wednesday night. I didn't have a ride or anything like that. I called, hey, this is what is going on. Let's go. It's okay, let's go. One when the car was praying, Father, locate me today. Locate me today. We got there. There was a bunch of Bible school students mm-hmm. sitting down there. He was ministering to, towards the end. He was praying for people, prophesying over people. He pointed to me and said, you, get up. I got up. I went. And he began. He was like, I'm not going to tell you anything you don't already know. 
But what I feel in my spirit is that God is calling you into evangelism, where signs and wonders are going to be your everyday life. And he says that, let me lay hands on you. I think you said that word for word. Yep, I did say that because I remember that. So, So he laid hands on me. I didn't go under the power. Then I went and sat down. So then I was like, I was very blown what away. What year was this? That would probably be 2013. Okay. So I was like blown away with like what, what happened in the service. I'd actually, at that service, I think somebody who had like, um, what is the thing, the thing that goes on their eyes? That makes their... Gla- glaucoma or something? No, that makes their white, eyes white. I don't know what it is. I forget. Yeah. What is it? Macular degeneration. Yeah. So somebody like had it like... The film yeah, melted off. Melted yeah. off that. Yeah. So I was like... So when I when I searched on him on Facebook and I sent him, I was like, thank you for the word. I really appreciate it. And then he all he wrote was go Black Star, which Black Star is the name of the Ghana Star. I was like, come on, I'm trying to have a conversation with you. I'm going to say it's like go Black Star. Ah, it's Jonathan. So, you wanted some in-depth yeah, wanted, like you know, thing, like, go Black you know, Star. God is going to like, you know, like, geez, go Black Star. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, oh. so that was in there. Four. So in the spring, the following year, 2014, uh-huh. he came to Fitchburg. Yeah. So I heard, oh, Jonathan Shuttlesworth is coming to Fitchburg. So, but that Sunday, there was Dr. Mensa Otabel. Yeah. He was in Worcester. So, and he was there for one day. So I decided, you know, let me just go see Mensa Otabel for one day, then start going to Fitchburg on Monday. So one day, so Monday, when I went there, he called me out again. He didn't remember who I was. John? Yes. This is John, okay. He didn't remember who I was. So yeah. he was like, where are you from? I said, I'm from Ghana. I said, ah. I just talked to you like last year. <laughs> I'm from Ghana. And he was like, and he asked, do you know Dr. Mensa Otabel? What? I said, yeah, he was just in Worcester. That's why I didn't come to the service yesterday. He was like, if I knew he was in Worcester, I would have canceled my service to go. And I was like, oh, he was just in Worcester. And um, we went to the service. He asked me how the services went. Then he said, prophesied over me the same word he said again in, um, in uh, CIC. CIC. And then he laid hands on me and doing the, one of the service. That night, he called me to come and pray for somebody on the platform. I don't remember that. But what he said that day was, he was like, I feel when he pointed at me, because he didn't remember me. That right. is how I knew he didn't remember, because he asked me where I was from again. Right. So he was like, but when he called me, he pointed, he said, hey, you, I feel in my spirit we are going to work together. That's what he said. He, I know he doesn't remember that, but if you could get that tape. He pointed it's at me. there. Like, I'm yeah. going to call Fitchburg. <laughs> he pointed at me and said, hey, um, I feel in my spirit we're going to work together on down the line. Come and let me pray for you so that when you become too big, I can say that I lay hands on you. That's what he said. Are you kidding? Yes. And then I went there, he prayed for me. And then when he was praying for people, he asked me to come and pray for somebody. So that night? That night. Okay. Monday night. And he, Where I, the heck he, was he's, I? He's never done that. No, I've never. Even up to this point, he's no, never done that. No, no. And so that service ended. We, um, he came to the school. I came Monday. I came Tuesday. Wednesday um, morning, he came to the school to preach. That was when, like, he sh- like the whole students came that Sunday night. That was where the whole place was packed, and he lined up people outside. Yeah. So after the service, everybody was, like, rushing to talk to him. Uh-huh. And I was also among the everybody. Right, right. Now I have the privilege to even go to his house. <laughs> 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 I could just show up at his privilege, house anytime I want. Privilege, <laughs> So... I, like, I was following them. And he was, like, trying to get away from everybody. But then, when he saw me, he was like, walk with me. Mm-hmm. So I went to the back. I was like, hey, during the summertime, all I do is plant flowers at school. So. 
I don't have anything to do. Hey, so. this is open window here. Yeah, so he that was, I do remember because I I remember you approaching me, yep. introducing and saying like Jonathan wants me to work, yep, or something like that. Yep. So I was like, great. But he was like, awesome. I don't have anything now. Yeah. You he was you know you could tell he was like I don't have any I don't have anything for the like internship now. Then he pauses him. All right, so mail, um, send an email to my office, to my girls, and give them their number. If I need help, I'll call you. Yeah. <laughs> so during the summertime, I was I worked at a group home where we help behavior kids. But I was um I picked I was a relief um, staff, so I pick up shift, and I picked up shift. And Magalis called me and said, "Hey, um, Jonathan was supposed to be in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania, for um four days till Wednesday, but it had been extended to like ten days, and um, we have to go home and get." change of clothes he wanted to know if you could come so i was like um i would i you know i would have to like call my job and see if i could get off so she was like, okay fine um let me know what you know if you could come then when i hung up i was driving into work yeah when i hung up jonathan called me hey can you come to bentham i said okay when <laughs> well, you know, like the man of God asked you. I could, like, I didn't. Even, I couldn't even say. No, like, you couldn't say no. Yeah, I was like, when he was like, okay, I'll have my girls book you a flight, or if you I could drive. That. So I was like, okay, I will drive. So I drove and met him in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. Then that's when I was supposed to be there with him. Then he asked me to come with you guys to Watertown, Watertown, mm-hmm. Connecticut. Mm-hmm. Then when he he went, he left to go to Africa. From there, when he came back from Africa, he he told me to come over for like the summer. Mm-hmm. That's when we were like playing the soccer and whatnot. So, yep. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. And so, when did you um, uh, meet Chichi? Um, I met. That Chi-Chi. was obviously when you moved to Pittsburgh. When I met, when I because it was to, the Lord's will for it you. It was the Lord's will. Yep. When I moved to Pittsburgh, you know, I know I've told you that so you you know, but other people don't know. When I moved, and Rom, you could come here for this story because you were part of it. I know when I moved here from, I moved here in March, and. March of what year? March of 2016. Uh-huh. And I moved here. So, you know, I know everybody was trying to tell me, get with Chi-Chi. And when I, at that time, I was tired of... Because I, you remember I told you the story, the God said, I want the rapper. Because every person I try to talk to, the Lord would tell me no. So I had made up my mind. I'm, not, I'm done. So I was, you know, just tired of women, period. <laughs> <laughs> so I wasn't like... So when everybody was like, I remember you were telling me, talk to Chichi. Jonathan would call me almost every day from South Africa. Did you get her number yet? Yeah. Did you talk to her yet? And like, <laughs> like give, give, me I, give me like ideas. On yeah. how like, so. Just buy her the diamond ring now. <laughs> he was like, hey, just invite her to your house and wear like a robe. And when she comes, be like, hey. Uh-huh. <laughs> I do believe he said that. I do believe that. So that like was... he would like call me and always like make fun of me. So, one time I was driving from church with Rom, because we lived at the same place. And Rom started telling me, you know, even though I didn't care to know, but Rom, because at that time he was getting married, so he was, like, so excited. So, he was telling me about how he met Rachel. And if you know me, it's like, you could be telling me an exciting story, and my mind would be somewhere so I wasn't like so I wasn't interested you kept telling me how all the confirmations he had and the pastors and I was like okay that's your story like keep talking bro can't, can't wait for this ride to be over <laughs> so when he was done rumbling which I don't remember anything he said he turned to me and said, bro, 
What about you? Do you have a wife or do you have a fiance? Because I had just moved to Pittsburgh. And then, as I was about to open my mouth, I saw like a picture. And I was like, I kept quiet. And Rom started crying. Get out. So I was like, Rom, what happened? He was like, I got, it feels like God just came into the car. I just felt the presence of God. I never knew. Why haven't I, I, I never, this? I never, I never, yeah, I, didn't Guys. Tell, I didn't tell him. He didn't know. You didn't know what? Look, let me finish. So when he said, I felt like the presence of God came into the car, he turned to me and was like, why? Did God just show you your wife? <gasps> Somebody who was asking me if I had a fiance, and I didn't the say anything. The man of God spoke. I didn't say anything to him. I guess I changed the conversation and we moved on, we moved home. So he didn't know what... He didn't so know he's what, crying, and, yes. and he's like calling you out, and you're asking like, just this, changing and the just topic. just change the topic. <laughs> so he didn't know anything. <laughs> he, he's like pouring out his heart <laughs> bearing his soul and you're like let's just go to Dunkin Donuts real quick afterwards I didn't say anything I just like kept quiet and started like praying in tongues exactly what we were right after the south like we were in Los Chaloses like yeah. passed right by it and I remember feeling like like the, the presence, presence of God, God. So strong. He, he, he kept quiet. it from you <laughs> I'm pouring out my heart. Thank you for nothing. And I didn't say any word again. But that just, was the the picture that when when God yes. came in, it was it was Chichi. And I and then I felt in my spirit, God said, "Have I not given you somebody?" I was like, "You know, you haven't given me anybody." I just saw her when I came, and I thought she was beautiful. But you know, God has ways of like he, the way ways He communicates. So I kept that to myself, mm-hmm. and I just prayed into it because you know you don't want to like. I prayed into it. And that's why when everybody was telling me that I talked to Chicha, I was like, because I knew what I was doing. Mm-hmm. You know, that's why I didn't like fall in. I wasn't like pressured or anything like, because I right. knew what I was doing. And I, I knew that I was also sp- under the ground. I was spending my own game. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, but that was like a very like great confirmation, you know. That's why I asked Ram the car, because he was, it was like a very What Ram? <laughs> Unbelievable! I never heard that story. Yeah. I'm glad you knew because I felt like I would have looked crazy talking about you. I felt the presence of God, but I, I didn't know when. Come closer, because you can't hear. Come here. So, I I felt the presence of God, but I didn't like. Like, I knew that it had nothing to do with what I just spoke about. Like, it had nothing to do with you. That's why you asked yeah, him. Yeah, yeah, well, well, the thing is, is like, I, I asked him about it. And then after I asked him, I remember, like, we drove past the, this exit. And, like, it was, like, I'm talking quick. Like, whoo, like into the, in the car. And I was, like, Man, I feel, I feel the, the anointing, bro. Like I literally just like I got I got quiet for a few seconds and I was like, <laughs> like I feel the anointing, I feel the praise of God. <laughs> I honestly, I, like you know, I had no idea. I was like, we weren't talking about anything. Like all of a sudden, the prince of God is here. Oh like, and yeah, he didn't say anything, but like I was like, okay, you know what? I'm just going <laughs> to bask in his presence and for these next quiet 15 minutes. Tears are streaming down Rom's face as he drops you off. I was, I'm, but I remember things like, man, this is so weird. Like, he, like Kofi does not know me like that. And I'm just crying in the front seat. 
like to this man, like you know what I mean? After tell, yeah, like, after telling him the story about how I met my wife, I but I, at the same time I knew that that's not why I was feeling the anointing. Right. But I'm in my mind. I'm thinking, what does he think? Like he probably thinks I'm crying for no reason right now. So, but yeah, it, it, I remember that very clearly, like and the whole process. And when did you find out that that was when the Lord spoke to him? Did you tell him? Oh, you told him. He told me later on. told him. Yeah, yeah. Just to solidify it, right? Yeah, bro. Remember that? Remember when you cried? Yes. What? So, but yeah, it, it was. I remember the experience. It was very like, like it's not something I could forget because it was very. What's the word? Out of the norm. Out of the norm. It's yeah. It's not. An, it's you can't forget it. No. It literally felt like the like like a crash. Like the presence of God just came in, and I was like, well, that's phenomenal. So, yep. Now he's married. Now it's out. Now it's out for the world to know. If you had three tips for every um, new believer, because I love the fact that you're killing it, right? And and I mean, you're. This is obviously just ground level for you. But um, for all of the people that are watching, maybe that are trying to pursue ministry and they think that they have to have the family, they have to have, you know, everything in order. Like what would, what would be your three tips, mm-hmm. three advice or, or three, um, what is it called? You know, just, just tips yes, three uh, tips. for being in ministry with no background because I come from that same thing where yep. it's like, we don't like, how do you even go about doing ministry? How do you even like delve into it? What would be the three things that you would tell yourself maybe, or somebody that's up and coming where God has spoken to them and said, ministry is for you. What would you tell them? What the three tips I would tell somebody is the same thing. I tell myself all the time that first of all, you have to remember that it is God who called you. And if God called you, then it is God who's going to build his ministry in you. Mm-hmm. Secondly, you have to pray. Mm-hmm. Be very, very prayerful. You, ha- and you, ha- you have to pray and you have to pursue the word of God with everything that you could. You know, so if things are not opening up for you, go after the word of God. Hmm. Go after God in prayer. Go after his word. And have the, be- have the understanding that it is God who called you. No man called you. You don't need you don't need. So you would say the absence of an open door is because your gift has not yet been developed. That is what I, because you know, the, I forgot the verse, but the Bible uh, said, and this one is in, I believe, Galatians chapter four, that a, a child, um, like an, an heir, if he's still a child, is no different from a servant. And there is a verse that says that it is the father who determines when the son has come into maturity. That's good. So it is up to God who determines when you have come into maturity. Everybody's calling is different. Mm -hmm. There is, you know, for instance, if God is calling you to a very high platform, it would take more development. You know, there is other people that would take off very easily mm. because maybe, you know, their calling is not, it doesn't require that much of a development as, as you do. For instance, if God is going to give you a platform of like a million people, like you're going to have a church of like 100,000 people, there is more development and more word that, that you need. There is more character that needs to be built. Right. And if you're going to have a ministry of about 200 people, 50 people, there is less development and less character that needs to be because there is less temptation. Mm-hmm. There is less opposition. There is less things to worry about. Mm. So there is not much development. But it doesn't matter. Whatever state you found yourself, 
Use it as preparation. Pursue the word of God. Go out. That is the mistake I made in my early part. You know, like, pray a lot. Don't, um, um, don't cease in prayer. Don't cease to pray. But let the word of God be your foundation. That is a mistake. In the early stages, I would like just go after prayer, go after prayer. Pray, 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 pray with no word. That is now. That is why now I talk about the word more than anything else. That's now right. I go after the word more than anything else. If you don't know the word of God, it doesn't matter. You know, I, I saw this revelation in the scriptures that in the beginning when God created the heavens and the earth and the Bible said the earth was without form and void and darkness was in the face of the deep and the spirit of God hovered over the face of the waters. So the spirit of God was still moving. But until God said there was no creation, Mm-hmm. So you can think you are spiritual. You can think you have everything. You could fall under the power. You could scream and cry every time we touch you. You can jump around and run around. If you don't have the word of God in you, you are a mess. Mm. You are not going anywhere. That is why they can be. You know, I found out this. And also, you know, I'm talking like, know that God has called you. That is point about Know that he has called you. Have that, have that, um, be conscious of your calling. Know that he who has called you is going to perfect that which is called you. Pray. Pursue the word. Because I found out that, you know, there is many people that have, have prayed more than they do. I pray and pray and fast more than they do, but they were doing more than I was. They were having more miracles. You know what I found out? That they knew more than I, I did. Hmm. You know, so the Bible says that they that, know, they that know their God, they shall be strong and they shall do exploits. So sometimes it's about what you know. Thank you. Oh, sweetie. thank you. I'm just going to have cake while we have yeah. the podcast. Go ahead. Sometimes it's about what you know. So the more you know, the more you can do. Can I, can I tell you something on, tell on behalf of that? I was, um, and this now is like, hey, if you guys want to tune out, it's, it's now 3.30, but I just, I'm talking to you as a friend. I was actually reading um, Proverbs 7 on the heels of what you just said because of mm-hmm. <clears throat> in the beginning he was hovering over the waters. And when I read this thing yesterday, it kind of like struck me strange. And now like you saying it makes me come to understand it like with such incredible revelation. Okay, so look, let me let me let me find it. No, it's eight. My wife said I'm 31. I'm not 32. So you don't even know how old you are. That's why you need Chi Chi in your life. Yep. I don't celebrate birthdays. I don't care. I don't even focus. On <laughs> I know days. you really hate birthdays, which is like it reminds you. You. I asked you the first time, and you're like, I don't even know when my birthday is. Do you know? What, you have to think about it. It took you like 10 minutes to figure do you out know your that birthday. One time, I, I I think I forgot it. I think it was the second time I was coming here. Magalis and um and Alyssa picked me up from the hotel. And Magalis was like, when is your birthday? And I began to think, when is my birthday? And it yes. was that day. Are you kidding me? Yes. I, I was like, when is my birthday? And it was that day. <laughs> <laughs> That's how, how you really cared. That's fantastic. Really? Yeah. <laughs> what did you guys do for him? Did we do anything? You, you bought like cakes and stuff like that. That's when I came and you had the balloons at your house. Oh, yes, 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 we did. Because I didn't know you. It was like, just do a Ghana <laughs> themes. Okay, listen. 
The Lord formed me from the beginning before he created anything else. I was appointed in ages past. At the very first, before the earth began, I was born before the oceans were created, before the springs bubbled forth their waters, before the mountains were formed, before the hills I was born, before he made the earth and the fields and the first handfuls of soil. I was there when he established the heavens, when he drew the horizons on the ocean. I was there when he set the clouds above, when he established springs deep in the earth. I was there when he set the limits of the sea so they wouldn't spread beyond their boundaries. And when he marked off the earth's foundation, I was the architect at his side. I was his constant delight, rejoicing always in his presence. And how happy I was with the world he created, how, how I rejoiced with the human family. That's talking about wisdom. Yep. Wisdom was there. Was there. Was there. So it's like before he could establish anything, there had to be a wisdom and a knowledge understanding. Mm -hmm. which is what you just yeah. made mention of. And that is what a lot of people like. You know, for you know, look at it this way, right? You know the reason why when you are when somebody is sick they go to the doctors because the doctors know more about body than they do. That's true. Do you know why, you know, my I had a noise in my car. I took it to the Mercedes dealership. And then when I went there, they just started a car, they listened to the noise and they knew what was wrong with it. Because they know, hmm. they have knowledge of how the car should run. So it, it's about what you know. The reason why Bill Gates is who he is is because he knows something we That's don't know. That's a fact. That's you know, so, th so good. That is, that is life. Yeah. You know, what you don't know is the cause of your demise. You're absolutely. You know, what you don't know is but your then problem. On the, on the heels of that, what you do know and what you develop is, is what, what opens the door for greatness. That's true. That's what the Bible says, that for lack of knowledge, my people perish. Not for lack of prayer, not for lack of fasting, not for because of the devil, so not true. because of witches. You're right. But for the lack of knowledge, oh my, my gosh. people perish. Oh, my gosh. So pursue the word of God. You know, yeah. like pursue, pursue the word, pray. Pursue the word, pray, and have the consciousness that yeah. God has called you. Yeah. Because if you... If they, you don't have that, if you, you forget you know, it. You, you're screwed. You know, if you have to believe that he has called you and the one who has called you can never can never fail. That's right. You know, there's a man of God whose ministry is called God Never Fails. That's good. He, he preached at the river a couple years ago, Dr. Ronnie's friend mm -hmm. from South Africa. His ministry is called God Never Fails. That's So you know name. that the one who has called you never fails. So That's when, good. when you have that confidence in you, it doesn't matter what stage you are in your life, mm -hmm. you are at peace. Right. Because you know you are developing in the word of God. Yeah, you have to rest in the confidence yep. that you're called or else that's something that the devil will use. Will use against you all the time. And it'll knock you right off and you'll be, a, you know, a mechanic. Not, not, not that there's anything wrong with being a mechanic, if but if you're called... If you're called into ministry and you are not doing ministry and you are doing mechanic, there is something wrong. There is something wrong. Well, thank you. Thank you so much for I learned me. so much about the, <laughs> uh, about you. I feel like um, you're... you're um, Literally like a, a shell of a person. <laughs> like tough to crack the shell. But we got to the, the crack in a little bit here today and you have to come back. Because um, I love our discussions. I, I, like I a friend, I, I sincerely thank you for being a part of this ministry and for joining forces with us because I can tell you it's greatly benefited us. Like you might say like, well, thank you, but we're the ones that benefit a hundred times over. No, that's not true. So I'm no, it is true. I promise you right now. That's not true. It is true. I'll fight you on that. No, that's not true. It's, it's true. It is true. I so, am nope. the one that benefits. Mm -mm. We are. So uh, uh, tell everybody your website and your podcast. My podcast, I think, is called World Evangelistic. You think? Yeah, I think Chi Chi 
if she would test me. But my I have a website called um, worldevangelistic.com, and mm-hmm. I think everything should be on there. And then, like I said, 10 a.m. 10 a.m. Monday through Friday. Monday through Friday on YouTube. Just search for Jonathan Shuttlesworth on Facebook, Jonathan Shuttlesworth hyphen. Adalis Shadows. I know it's a very long name. It is a long name. I don't if, know why if, we know, changed. You could make it on um, Facebook.com forward slash revival today. Yes. It would be it would send you to the same it'll, link. Exactly. It has been very powerful. We've been getting a lot of testimonies. Somebody actually sent me a testimony today. We've been getting a lot of testimonies and what God is doing. So it's been wonderful. Great. You're killing it. Thank you. Well, I love you. That's it for the podcast. We'll see you on Monday, y'all. Love you. Bye. <laughs>